glorious day this is. The wonderful sounds, the beautiful sights, and all the other activities that surround this day. In fact, we're going to have a beautiful brunch after the service. And you maybe also have a wonderful Easter dinner planned, which just underscores that we not only eat to live, we live to eat. Let me tweak that statement just a little bit, though, and ask you this question. Do you hope to live, or do you live to hope? This past week, I I read a story about a young man several years ago who was taken captive by today what we would call radical Islamists. He was forced to live in a foreign country in what we might call slavery. And he kept hoping, of course, that he would be released, that he could go back home. But he also noticed during those years of captivity that his his faith was being suppressed. One Easter, as he was working out in the field, he decided he would not let his faith die. And so he sang at the top of his voice in his native tongue that beautiful hymn we just sang, I know that my Redeemer lives. And then he shouted, He lives, and because he lives, I live. That is not just hoping to live. That was living to hope. That's the encouragement we get this morning from words of the Apostle Peter as he reflects on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and its meaning for us. The first letter he wrote was to Christians who were suffering persecution, and they were scattered throughout Europe. But he writes them about a living hope that we have. And from his words, we also then learn about the hope of Easter for us. Let's listen to Peter's words. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls." Easter, hope. What does that mean? 
you look up the word hope in the dictionary, you get a variety of definitions. And we use it in a variety of ways. We might say, oh, I hope it isn't going to rain on Easter. Or, I hope so-and-so will be there today. Or, I hope we're going to have my favorite food at our Easter dinner. That use of the word hope means, here's what I desire, here's what I want, here's what I wish. But the word hope also can have a stronger meaning. And that's the meaning of Easter hope. It refers to an expectation, an assurance of something that is to come. And that's the hope of Easter that Peter explains to us. He describes it in three ways. He says, first of all, it is a living hope. He said, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy has given us new birth, we have been born again, given a new hope. That is, we have been given new life. Now, what does that mean, a new life? Well, we understand it when we look at Peter's words when he says, in God's great mercy, he has given us a new birth. That mercy refers to God's viewing of us with pity because he sees our desperate condition. He sees that we are born into this world without faith and fear in him. We have no knowledge of him. We have been separated from him and dead in our sins. But Peter says there is new life because God has given us a new birth. That new birth comes to us through the spirit. That spirit works through what we call his means of grace the scriptures, and the sacrament to give us truth, to give us forgiveness, to give us life. We call that the gospel. The gospel is a victory message. It's a message of what Christ has done for us, how he came into this world and lived perfectly for us, how he laid down his life for us and took the penalty of sin, death, away from us, and how he rose victorious from the grave, showing us that he won over sin and death and the devil. That's the gospel. That's the good news. The gospel is not, here's now what you must do. The gospel rather declares to us, here is what Christ has done for you. We come into church this morning when we're impressed with the beauty of all these wonderful flowers. But did you know they all started out in the same way? They all started out as a little seed. And from that seed came all this beauty. Peter, a few verses after our text, says that's how our new life started too. He says, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. The Spirit came and gave us new life. And just as these flowers show in all their beauty, so too God keeps growing his grace in us that results to his praise and glory and honor, Peter said. And that's reflected in your new life. The Apostle Paul describes how that spirit brings that new life to us and what it looks like. 
He wrote, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the life we live. That's the hope of Easter, the new life. The other day, I received in the mail a, a flyer for a church, a new church in our area, inviting people to come to their Easter services. And on that flyer, it advertised where they meet and their time. And the draw that they were using to have people come said, bring your kids and have their picture taken with the Easter bunny. It didn't say anything about the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection this day is about the empty tomb. The tomb is empty because Jesus lives. The tomb is empty because Jesus conquered death. The tomb is empty for you. Because that tomb is empty, our heart does not have to be empty. Is there new life in you? You have heard the gospel message. You have heard of God's love and grace for you in Jesus Christ. You have heard your sins are taken away and that there is eternal life for you through Jesus. That's the hope of Easter. Believe it and receive from him this new life. That's the hope of Easter. Now you might look at your life, though, and say, a new life? Pastor, it's the same life with its hardships and, and its challenges and, and the suffering and the fears and the threats. Peter understood that. Peter and his readers were going through the same things and probably things even worse than that we go through. But he assures us of this that that hope of Easter is a loving hope. Listen how he describes God's working in our life even through those difficult times. He says, you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. What he's telling us is that the hope of Easter is the loving hope and grace of God working in our life to preserve us through trials. Now the word Peter uses there, trials, is simply to describe those various experiences that we go through in life. The suffering, the challenges, the hardships, and yes, even the threats, and yes, even death. Sometimes those experiences affect us quite deeply. Sometimes they go very deep into our heart and shake the very foundation of our faith. And we may wonder, why is this happening? 
and where is our God? But be assured that nothing can stop or block the working of God and his love in our lives. Peter said, you are shielded by God. It was a word in the Greek that was used to describe the surrounding by an army. God has given us an army to surround and protect our faith. The army of his almighty power. The army of his faithful grace. We're safe. So then, why do we go through these trials? There's a saying sometimes people have, tough times never last, but tough people do. Those trials are, are God's way of proving the genuineness of our faith for that triumph of glory. He refers to gold being refined by a craftsman who heats up that gold ore to burn off its impurities. So God uses trials in our life to burn off the impurities of sin, of self-reliance and self-righteousness that says, I don't need God, or maybe I need to help God. It burns all that off so that we see our only dependency is on Jesus. A craftsman will heat that gold up until the point where he can see the reflection of his face in it. And sometimes God may heat up those trials in our life so that what we see is the reflection of his grace to make us strong and focused on him alone. What are you experiencing in your life these days? Are there some challenges? Some changes that are maybe causing you to worry? Is there some illness or some other setback? Be assured of this. The hope of the resurrection comes into every aspect of our life and brings us the love of God. God did not abandon Jesus to the grave because he does not abandon us. Our life is a work in progress. You know, as you drive around in our area, you see a lot of new housing, new construction going on. And, and you can kind of note the different stages that it goes through, the, the breaking up of the ground and the, the foundation that's being laid and then the, then the beams and all the electrical wires and the plumbing and, and then the walls and the scaffolding that's up to put all the details there. And that picture is exactly what God is doing in our life. It's a work in progress. And God is there with his scaffolding of support, of his grace and power to shield us in our faith and to have in the end a beautiful result. And so we're urged to just hold on to Jesus as his love holds on to us. The grave didn't stop him. A garrison of soldiers did not stop God's plan. And the hatred of people against God did not stop God's working. And it never will. His loving grace continues to work in our life. Hold on to it. That is living to hope. 
then we also need to realize that's a hope that we are to pass on to others. This morning that is being done. Not just here, but also in behind some prison walls in Vacaville, where our ministry team is working this morning. A ministry team made up of inmates who have come to know the grace of Jesus Christ. I was just up there yesterday afternoon to encourage those men in their work. They hold an event they call Resurrection Sunday. We have supplied them funds and they supply food then to their fellow inmates who are invited to come for a special breakfast. And then those men ask, well, who is doing this and, and why are you doing it? And so one of the inmates asked me yesterday, he said, so pastor, what should I tell them? And I turned the question back on, on him. I said, what would you tell him? And he, and he would say, well, I am so blessed by God. I, I, I have a faithful wife and, and I, I have my health and I have my church that supports me. And I said, that's the wrong thing. That's what you have, but they may not have that. Tell them what they do have. A Savior who is risen from the dead. A Savior who loves them. A Savior who forgives them and gives them life. That's the message you and I need to pass on. It's not about the Easter bunny. It's about an empty tomb and a risen Savior. Pass that message on to others around you. It's a message that's filled with hope, with a lasting hope. Peter writes, we've been given an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. That lasting hope he describes as enduring. On Good Friday, we had a soloist sing a beautiful song called Pia Jesu, and she sang it in Latin. And I said, it was beautiful in Latin, even though everybody had a look at the English translation. And I said, there were certain words there, though, in the Latin that made it so beautiful, two of them. One was the word that we translate give. You see, Latin has two words for it. And the word that was used was dona, which means to give as a gift. God gives us life as a gift. But the other word that made that song beautiful to me was the word that was translated everlasting or eternal. It was semper ternam. I know that may not mean anything to you. But the alternative translation would have been eternis, which means eternal. But semper ternam means it's ongoing. It's enduring. It doesn't stop. Peter said, it'll never perish, spoil, or fade. There's nothing that can affect it. There is nothing that'll stop it. There is nothing that'll change it. I overheard one of our high school students say the other day, well, at least in heaven we won't have geometry homework. The Apostle Paul put it more eloquently than that. He said, I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's because the hope of Easter is eternal. He said you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation 
of your souls. It never ends. God has given to us a hope that is eternal. And for those who may have lost loved ones recently, that is what we hold on to. The eternal life that we have in Jesus Christ. Paul declared it very clearly. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, who raised, from the, who raised Christ from the dead, he will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. We have a living hope. A Puritan pastor, Thomas Watson, who lived in the 1600s, said, we are more sure to rise out of our graves than out of our beds. The scriptures teach us we don't know what tomorrow will hold. And we don't even know if we will make it to tomorrow on this earth but it assures us of eternal life in heaven. That certainty is Jesus and that empty tomb. Jesus declared, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Do you believe this? Jesus said. Well, do you? What a glorious difference this day makes. Not because of the beautiful decorations or sounds or food, but because of Jesus, who has given us a living hope so that we can and do expect to live. Amen.